a big welcome to all our listeners. So we had a crazy week last week with Masa's and Button's retirements. And of course, Rosberg's first ever wins in Monza and Spa. And Kunal, comparatively, this week has been a little too dull. <laughs> I think firstly, Button would be very upset when he listens in and we said we called it a retirement. Let's call it a sabbatical. <laughs> <laughs> but honestly, last week, Formula 1 got sold. And I guess the team somewhere knew that this is the time they shouldn't make any announcements. Because after numerous misses... Formula 1 finally has a new owner and this actually was the big news from last week. Although more on this sale, uh, probably in a few minutes to follow into the podcast. By the way, statistically speaking, Nico Rosberg could win his first ever Singapore Grand Prix this weekend as well. So if his fear of missing out continues, he could well be winning a third race on the trot for the first time ever. Kunal, you have done it again. (laughs) (laughs) This is where all the Lewis Hamilton fans have already tuned out. And that's pretty much all the fans anyway that exist in the world of Formula 1. But I must remind people who are still listening that, surprisingly enough, Nico Rosberg's not been on the podium in Singapore for the last eight years. Are you surprised? Well, not really. (laughs) Trick question. So here's something interesting. The Italian Grand Prix had really low ratings. And I am not surprised. Frankly, the lack of competition and the Rosberg victory. That's a lethal combination. (laughs) And we didn't see any antics from Max Verstappen as well. You know, usually that props up the TRPs. But anyway, I think that any headline with the words Nico Rosberg wouldn't do as well as in comparison to having the words Lewis Hamilton. Okay. And of course, our last week's episode also had... Nico Rosberg in the headline and it didn't do as well. So (laughs) I am talking statistics and maybe the Italian GP headlines should have said that Lewis Hamilton fails to win in Italy from pole or Lewis Hamilton lost the Italian Grand Prix at the start. (laughs) Or Lewis Hamilton's teammate wins in Italy. (laughs) Well, now you're just rubbing it in. (laughs) Well, I am just doing the opposite of what Sky Sports does. Every alternate weekend. (laughs) The question is, can Rosberg win his big first ever Singapore Grand Prix? So he's racing a Mercedes and that's also maybe why he won't win this weekend. For a change this year and going by last year's form, Mercedes might just be challenged in Singapore by Red Bull Racing. Rosberg has already called Singapore a Red Bull Racing track. And interestingly enough, we've had three different teams, that's Mercedes, Ferrari and Red Bull Racing, win the past three editions of the race. And now Toto Wolff has gone and said that they'll really be ready for a fight in Singapore. I'm just really hoping that this isn't, you know, just pre-race, PR hype, the type Ferrari do so well, (laughs) being created for us. So uh, in 2015, both Red Bull and Ferrari were quicker. And I really pray it's the same way in 2016 as well. It'll spice up an otherwise dominant and in some ways boring season. And it could swing the World Drivers' Championship one way or the other for the two contenders. And here's what I'm thinking. If the Marina Bay circuit is actually suited for Red Bull Racing, will we finally see Max Verstappen take his second win of the season? (laughs) (laughs) That's when all the Max Verstappen fans now tune in. (laughs) Welcome. 
Honestly, I can't wait to see a Ricciardo versus Verstappen battle on track. And that too, a fair one. <laughs> Kural, I am not sure whether Red Bull Racing would allow that after seeing what Mercedes has gone through with Hamilton and Rosberg. But you know, Verstappen is already having a verbal battle with none other than Nikki Lauda. <laughs> and Nikki Lauda said that Verstappen needs to visit a psychiatrist. Right after that, Verstappen replied back that actually both of them need to visit one. <laughs> this is a typical teenage uh, back answer. <laughs> I think Verstappen just wants to tackle everyone down, whether it's of this generation or the past or faster than the past. I mean, I know that's a grammatical <laughs> incorrect statement, but you know, but there is some possibility of truth here. Maybe Verstappen and Lauda both need to go to psychiatrists. You never know. <laughs> I wonder where that leaves us. <laughs> the fans that watch them every weekend. <laughs> if you remember, Max Verstappen had to choose between Red Bull Racing and Mercedes for his Formula 1 contract. And he obviously picked Red Bull Racing. And Mercedes claimed that it is okay to have missed out on Verstappen. You know, I guess if he's unable to spark that bromance with Niki Lauda it's probably better that they didn't sign up with each other. <laughs> <laughs> but just to step back, if he had actually signed with Mercedes, can you imagine a Max Verstappen versus Lewis Hamilton battle in the same car on track? This like, is what dreams are made of. <laughs> <laughs> so while that's, that just sounds so exciting, Kunal, and I'm just all fingers crossed that that happens at some point in the future, at the moment, surprisingly enough, Hamilton has been backing Max Verstappen and, you know, all the talk about Max's supposedly dangerous moves. <laughs> I'd love to see if he'd do that if they were teammates. But what's more interesting also to me is that now, you know, we'll have the Orange Army versus the Palmy Army. And I really hope the new owners of Formula 1 are listening because if you want that mad craze to be back in Formula 1 at the racetracks, you know, they should do whatever it takes to have the best drivers competing with each other from different teams. So we have so much to talk about. I was wrong. It's not been that boring a week after all. <laughs> so we could talk about the new owners of Formula One. Or, you know, did you hear about Ecclestone's claims that Mercedes actually helped Ferrari close the gap? <laughs> I think talking about Ecclestone's wild claims is always more fun. He said that Mercedes did help Ferrari, just that they didn't help them enough. And that's pretty evident for us. But honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if something like this was true because there's always something brewing in the back doors of the motorhomes in Formula 1. You know, if Ferrari were really all that clever, they should have gone to Mercedes for engine help and Red Bull Racing for chassis help. Now, we know that's the magic formula. <laughs> And, uh, you know, for driving help, they could have either gone to Lewis Hamilton, yes, or <laughs> maybe Max Verstappen. Okay, so finally on the new owners of Formula One. Well, welcome to the world of Formula One. Here's a quick introduction on us. We are the Inside Line Formula One podcast and we add some much needed humor to Formula One week after week. Of course, that's when we're not busy dissecting race strategies and making Creepily accurate predictions, I may add, <laughs> and sponsorships and all the funny bromances in the paddock. <laughs> Kunal, we've read the sale numbers and some of the numbers are astounding, obviously. But we're not surprised. You know, the latest news is that this could be Bernie's final season in the sport. This really is the season of retirements. <laughs> or maybe he'll call it a sabbatical. <laughs> 
Well, there's also news that Ferrari's historical bonus for being Formula One's oldest team might cease to exist. And the best of all that impacts all of us fans is the prizes to race tickets might get cheaper. So it's barely been a week since the new owners are in and they're already making the right noises, at least in my view. But, (laughs) you know, this is probably all hearsay. I am very keen for them to present their future plans for the sport before we celebrate further. I also hope they're listening to the right noises, you know, like our (laughs) podcast. (laughs) But I also heard the teams will be able to buy shares to Formula One, which is really good for the teams in the sport because then they'll be more invested in the business. Oh, yes. And, uh, you know, it'll actually help the teams stabilize themselves and attract positive investments. You know, right now, it's the very heavy sponsorship model that they're you know relying on. But sponsorships are not coming in, obviously. I mean, look at Sauber, you know, years of history in Formula One and, of course, performances as well. And they almost folded up. So if the teams have such a sound investment and sound profit that they make from the sport, they could attract some private equity, some, you know, venture capitalist investments as well. And eventually what this could mean is that the new owners could help strengthen the ecosystem of Formula One and not just Formula One alone as a business. And, you know, I know I've been going on, but let's remember that the private teams are in Formula One for the business of Formula One. You know, unlike the manufacturer teams or an energy drinks team where they make their millions elsewhere and then they fund it on their Formula One programs. Yeah. Well, that's really interesting. And I just hope our viewers got all of that. <laughs> <laughs> I think I just went on and on. <laughs> well, there's also talk that there will be a far more leverage distribution for the digital media on Formula One. And believe it or not, we also hear that there could be a longer racing calendar. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> well, this could be cruel for the teams, but why not? We're right? not complaining. Yeah, why not? We'll, we'll, you know, we're available, I think, 45. Yeah, I think I could make time for a few more races. <laughs> and uh, talking of digital distribution, I really hope that this would mean an official live stream with multiple camera views and angles or what we call smart viewing. Uh, That's on offer to us fans. And by the way, believe it or not, MotoGP has had this since almost a decade now. So better late than never Formula One. I wonder if Formula E also has it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the new owners have also said that they will not lose the European heritage of the sport. And while they're seeking more territories, it seems like they're going to make sure that Spa, Monza and all the other iconic circuits are safe. But bring back Magnicores, we say. <laughs> <laughs> I think I like the new owners only if they bring back the Norch life or the older Nürburgring circuit, as we call it. <laughs> you know, although I wonder that if the American owners will act the toughest with the Russian organizers of the Russian Grand Prix. We've spoken endlessly about how USA is already miles ahead of Russia in terms of Formula One investments. <laughs> Trust you to smell out a conspiracy even when there isn't one. (laughs) (laughs) Much like we keep saying that Bernie Eccleston is going to back or is already backing Donald Trump for president. (laughs) Well, over to Singapore, we have a very exciting race to look forward to. And McLaren say that they will fight Ferrari in Singapore. (laughs) I'm shocked. (laughs) You know, these race previews and PR quotes... They're just full of so much rubbish that I'm just going to look forward to the race. (laughs) I think for Singapore, the only race preview that makes sense at the moment is that of Mercedes. This is that 
one race they could be challenged but let's see you know sunday is always a different day it all depends on what happens on saturday kunal if lewis <laughs> makes it to pole <laughs> <laughs> so here's also some cool statistics from formula1.com four out of the last five years the winner in singapore has gone to win the title who will it be this year well ecclestone and button were both asked this question and they both said that hamilton would take his fourth world title which statistically means that hamilton will win uh, this sunday in singapore yeah and somehow kunal we seem to forget that rosberg is not only fighting lewis hamilton but also mentality while beating hamilton that no one ever expects him to win <laughs> And then, of course, uh, Bernie Ecclestone said that over Michael Schumacher, Ayrton Senna, Jochen Rindt—I hope I pronounced the name right—and even Lewis Hamilton, his best Formula One world champion ever, has been the Professor Alan Prost. And uh, he said so for sporting reasons. And thank God he didn't choose his best ever driver or best ever world champion on social media exposure. You know, then we all know who it would have been. <laughs> and that would just uh, solidify our belief that max verstappen is the next world champion <laughs> sadly there was no social media in the schumacher senna and prost era it makes me wonder if the stature would be much different than it is now you know i guess so and that's a very interesting question back to singapore there is a 100% possibility of a safety car period 100% how can they be so sure <laughs> 8 out of 8 that's been the number in the past massive and 50% of the races here have been won by sebastian vettel can you <laughs> believe that that's four wins out of 8 he won here last year and that was his and ferrari's last win in formula 1 will they be able to win here too and by that metric will mclaren be fighting with them for victory <laughs> you know i think ferrari can win with some help from mercedes and why not i mean <laughs> mercedes and ferrari are already claiming or not claiming that they've helped each other uh and he'll probably need some help from red bull racing too because i think red bull racing is going to be stronger of the two teams here verstappen or ricciardo quick <laughs> Tough question. Ricciardo's been on a roll, and I think he should win it this time, if at all. By the way, here's one more statistic: If Verstappen, Ricciardo, or even Rosberg win, it'll be the first time a non-world champion would have claimed victory in Singapore. Wow. <laughs> well, either way, we'll be here to celebrate whoever wins on Sunday. Join us next week after Singapore.